Welcome to the Danny Palmer Show. Does it sound cool if I say it like that? Who do you think you are, mister? Mr. Big Timer? Trying to intimidate me? What? <laughs> yeah, what's up, Jones? Welcome to the old pod, John. This is Danny Palmer. I am your host. I will sing the rest of this podcast in a voice like this until you turn it off, which would be now. Yeah, what's up, Jones? Dude, thank you for listening to this podcast. I appreciate it sincerely. It's a lot of fucking work, this fucking thing. You know, twice a week, got to line up interviews, got to come up with some hopefully interesting things to talk about on Fridays. And sometimes I'm just sitting around in my apartment like, Danny, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Get a girlfriend, get a fucking life. Dude, you know what I hate? I hate when fucking, sorry, I say, no, I'm not sorry. I say fuck a lot. I like to do that. I don't like this thing that people do. I've seen some Olympic athletes do it where they uh, pretend to like rip open their their shirt or their uh, dress shirt like there's an S underneath, like there's Superman. Like that is the most tired, trite, like whack <laughs> way to try to be cool. Oh, I'm Superman. I'm better than the other men because I'm based on a comic book character that does that when he switches into his stupid cape and tights. Dude, it's enough already. Dude, there's got to be better ways to express your indication that you think you're superior to other men than pretending to rip open your shirt. Because when you rip open your shirt like Superman, you know what that in- indicates to me? Then it indicates to me that you're a fucking loser. You're less than other men because you think superheroes are cool. <laughs> Sorry. Dude, I tell you what, man. Life, life. I know that everybody's got their own lives to deal with. I don't even know how people have like four kids, five kids. They have like careers and shit. They're running enterprise. Who the fuck is running enterprises? Like, how the fuck do you do that? Like, I interviewed this guy for my job today. He was, he runs like a team of 25 people for like a huge credit card company. And, and I'm I'm just thinking, how the fuck are you in charge of 25 people? Like, I have a hard time opening PowerPoint correctly. <laughs> I mean, I can open it. I just want to do it that well. Or like Excel, like doing some pivot tables and shit. What? And you're in charge of 25 people? If I was in charge of 25 people, I would just send an email to all 25 and be like, good luck, you're on your own. Let me know how it goes, man. You know? Uh, yeah, dude. This fucking... I'm, I'm fucking moving. I don't know if this is interesting. Maybe a little bit interesting. I'm moving. So I, I've been in this tiny studio box. If you're a longtime listener of the pod... <laughs> sorry, you know about my small studio apartment here on the Lower East Side. And, uh, you know, I'm 45. How long can I live in a small box? But finding an apartment in New York, obviously, no small feat. I had this place that was fucking cool as shit. I, I, I guess I'm so dumb. I like text. You ever text all your friends something exciting news? Because they're really excited. You're, I want all my friends to know about this exciting news. And then the exciting thing falls through. And then you have to send like a follow-up text like, um, actually, that didn't really work out. But I ended up getting this other apartment. I don't know how the fuck this happened, dude. I have a fucking dishwasher and washer and dryer in a new york city apartment i've never i haven't for 13 years i've lived here for 13 years i haven't had a car a washer and dryer or a dishwasher now i have two out of three the car is still still far and uh far away as a dream as a pipe dream but i don't know do you even want a car do people want cars they want cars danny i noticed last week that i forgot to do uh, a space news update (laughs) i put it in the books and then about 10 minutes later i was like god damn it dude I should have added that. 
but I forgot. And then I interviewed uh, Carissa and Kelsey Kennedy, the sisters in this last week's podcast. And I feel like the sound might have been a little bit annoying for you guys. And I'm sorry if it was. I have the Zoom 6. It has these two microphones on top. They, they pick up the sound in the entire room versus this regular-ass microphone that I'm using now, which would, you know, like one you would use in stand-up. So uh, I felt a little bit, little bit, little bit bad about that. Yeah, so I'm fucking moving in the next two. Weeks. I got to figure all that shit out. Doesn't that suck when you get an apartment? You're like, great. Oh, fuck. I got to do all this shit. And I'm going to Barcelona next Thursday. So... I'm like, I've been literally like slightly panicking in my head all week. I'm like, is my life about to collapse? <laughs> Am I going to get somehow stuck in Barcelona, not be able to record future pod episodes, not be able to move into my apartment? The, this girl has rented my current apartment. She's not going to be able to get in because all my stuff's going to be in here. I'm going to be trapped in Barcelona if that's such a thing. I'm like, this could, what the fuck? What, the, what is my August like? And then I'm like, no, it's going to be fine, Danny. Uh, all right. There's that. There's that. I had, dude, I had fucking, I'm, I have friends. I have friends. Okay. I'm doing comedy shows in Barcelona next weekend with my buddy, Julio Gallarotti. So if you're in Barcelona listening to this, I don't know if Spain is a big market for me. <laughs> Maybe I'll talk to some people there. Come by those shows. And then I had another friend that was supposed to join me, bailed, not going to get into that. It's not nice to get into, but now I'm like fucking fuck. I'm just going to be by myself like a loser in Barcelona. But I think it's going to be fine, dude. I'm going to meet people at these comedy shows. (laughs) I find this like catamaran thing. (laughs) This like meetup catamaran event. I'm like, dude, I can't do that. But I don't really care, actually. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm just going to like, worst comes to worst, I'm just going to get high and go to the beach. Like, that's not that bad of a life. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. I need a fucking break from life, man. Fucking break. I don't know how people like, you know, like in the old days, didn't they have to work like seven days a week in the mines? I mean, that's insane. I was listening to this interview with this woman who escaped from North Korea. She said their only protein is grasshoppers and people starve to death. And there's like kids with their intestines coming out of the back of their bodies and rats are eating the intestines because they don't have any uh, sustenance and they're dying. And I'm like, Danny, what is your complaint again? You fucking, you're going to Spain and you got a new apartment? Like, shut the fuck up, Danny. You just, I don't know if you guys do this. When, I, when I'm by myself, I just fucking ruminate. You know, I'm like, oh, this is bad. This is bad. Just think about things that are stressful or that could embarrass me. And then I'm like, dude, relax. And then as soon as you're with other people, it kind of goes away. You know, that's why it's good to be in public with other people, I feel. Anyways. Oh, dude, I had a fucking, I'm, I don't know how much I can talk about this. I guess I can talk about it a little bit. I had this date uh, last, a couple, a week ago. And this girl hit me up and she was like, I hope you don't mind if we sit outside because of the Delta variant. And I'm not, that's fine. But I was like annoyed because it was like last minute. I didn't want to find a new place, you know? And then she told me that she had like a, like a condition, like a medical situation that would warrant that concern. And then I felt like a real piece of garbage. <laughs> and then we went out and it was really nice and we had a nice time. So I don't think that's betraying anything, any secrecy or anything uh, or her privacy at all. Um, but w- one thing we were sitting outside and, it was a classic New York thing. We had this nice little table outside of this bar. We were uh, having a few drinks. And then this person comes up and does like, you know, they like to, they rifle through the, the cans and the trash because they're recycling. But it's like at 10 at night, dude. And it's like, that's, that's the closest you get to like a, <laughs> like at an Italian restaurant. And they come up and saying, that's amore. You don't get that in New York City. You just get, 
someone rifling through cans. <laughs> That's romance here, okay? Okay. All right. Did you guys know this? Did you guys know that F the FAA, if you want to be an air traffic controller, I didn't realize this. They have specific rules, which sound very ageist, but I guess because you need to be have a certain youthful acumen or something, um, that you have to be hired before the age of 31, and you have to retire by the age of 56. Isn't that crazy? You think that would be like age discrimination. What, so I'm 32, and I can't start to learn. And why do they have to retire by 56? That's, that's, I don't know. It's kind of an interesting thing. I watched this news story. Gabe Gutierrez, NB... No, it's uh, Miguel Almodero, NBC News. These fucking news people, they're so doom and gloomy. Uh, anyways, they are recruiting air traffic controllers. And one source of skill that they're, or talent pool that they're starting to recruit from are gamers, like video gamers. Because if you have to like learn the map of some like, you know, lame ass land in a video game, <laughs> I guess I can help you with like spatial recognition stuff, which is pretty cool, you know? Uh, I thought that was kind of interesting. Because, you know, hey, who am I to judge gamers when they could be protecting my plane in the fucking sky? Dude, what? Can you even think about what that is to be an air traffic controller? There's all these planes. Whenever they show those maps, like, here are the planes currently in the air over the United States or over Europe. It's like, dude, those are all going to crash. I mean, not crash. Those are all going to smash into each other. That's too many planes in the air. Like, how does it even work? Have you ever been flying and then you look out your window and you see another plane, like, at a slightly different altitude and you're like, hey. That's too close. That's too close, sir. Sometimes I just wish I had like a direct line to the pilot on a plane when I was flying just so I could like air minor concerns <laughs> and just have the pilot like assuage my fears. Because the pilots, I don't think pilots really give a fuck about most things. They say that flying, flying is a, uh, being a pilot is hours of boredom punctuated by moments of sheer like panic or sheer f- terror. Hours of boredom punctuated by moments of sheer terror. I'm like, good lord, that is quite a fucking job description. And these pilots that fly for like 40 years and then retire, like, they just made it through all those flights? That's crazy. <laughs> but my friend, Scott Jordan, his dad is, was a Delta pilot, and he said that they would have, uh, like, when the pilots would ride on other planes in the back, they would, like, kind of shit talk each other about how smooth the landing was. That's kind of fun. Dude, I, if my if I was a pilot riding on my pilot friend's plane, I would talk so much fucking shit upon landing. I'd be like, "Dude, thanks for the fucking severe whiplash." I'm gonna go see a fucking neurosurgeon after that landing. He's like, "Dude, you could barely feel anything." I'm like, "Fuck you, dude. You're lucky I'm friends with you. You're fucking lucky. You're lucky I'm dating you, Mister." <laughs> Carissa and Kelsey have mixed reviews. They're my podcast last week. Mixed reviews about how cool the the girlfriend voice is. It's not a voice. I'm a real person. Okay, leave me alone. Yeah, well, I didn't really do... Uh... Oh, no, wait, that's too soon. I'm not going to do the space news yet because I know that some people don't like the space news, so I'm going to hold that off until the fucking end. I thought this was an interesting story. They were talking about uh, you know, the Delta variant coursing through the world, uh, causing a lot of problems amongst primarily primarily the unvaccinated. So I read this article about trying to convince unvaccinated people to get unvaccinated. So here's a little quote from it. Gentle persuasion and persistent prodding convinced Dornette, Dorette? Dorette Denton, a 62-year-old home health care aide in Queens, to be vaccinated in February. Her employer urged Miss Denton repeatedly to be immunized, but in the end, it was her doctor who persuaded her. 
And this is her quote. She says to me, you've been coming to me from 1999. How many times did I do surgery on you and your life was in my hands? You trust me with your life, don't you? Miss Denton recalled. I said, yes, doctor. She said, well, trust me on this one. Like, you're like, all right, fuck. It is true, dude. You listen to your fucking doctor, dude. <laughs> my doctor told me I had a vitamin D deficiency. I started taking that shit every day. Perfect score on the vitamin D the next year. So that shit fucking works. I'm not convinced that other supplements work, but I believe in vitamin D. I believe I can D. That was stupid. I should have deleted that. Uh, this guy. Uh, oh, wait. You know what? All right. I'm going to hold that one to the end. All right. Here we go. Uh, there was some interesting space news this week. I don't know if you heard about this shit, but the fucking uh, space station spun. It got fucked, dude. That there was a problem. This dude, Zebulon Scoville, he's like a space station, space station. Sorry, he's a NASA flight director. He's been a NASA flight director for seven years. And he just happened to be hang out, hanging out in the, like the viewing room when this Russian uh, module unexpectedly fired its thrusters. And I mean, if you think about the International Space Station, just this kind of concept we have in our heads, but it's over 900,000 pounds. It spans an area as large as a football field. It's not designed to move to move around that much. But this thing fucking tipped. At first, they said it tipped by 45 degrees. It was actually much more than 45 degrees. It went about one and a half revolutions, which is about 540 degrees. Sorry, before it came to a stop upside down, and then it did a 180 degree forward flip to get back to its original orientation. They said the seven astronauts aboard were never in danger. It did not spiral. The situation did not spiral, no pun intended, out of control. But that was the first time in seven years that there's been a spacecraft emergency aboard the ISS. So that's fucking crazy. This module, this Russian module is called Nauka, N-A-U-K-A, which means science in Russian. It was docking 23 fucking tons, dude. And it fired its thrusters. And this dude just happened to be there. And then he's like, oh, my God. So you might wonder. I didn't. I've never wondered this in my life. But apparently, the space station stays level with these heavy gyroscopes that spin at 6,000 revolutions a minute. But these thrusters made it flip over. And that's not good, dude. Because if it spins, then it imparts stresses on the structure and antennas are no longer pointing where they are supposed to. So that's fucking freaky. But I love the way that both the astronauts aboard and Mission Control in Houston handled the problem. Because it's a good metaphor for, for life, for life from a broader perspective. So those of you who don't like space, there's lessons to be learned in space, okay? All elements of life and our universe can be uh, investigated or parsed out for broader life lessons. Oh, what do you think about that? Did you know that Barcelona has a lot of pickpockets? What the fuck? Anyways, uh, this dude who's the mission control commander, he's talking about what happened. He goes, probably the intensity goes up a little bit. But there's a pervasive kind of calmness of people not panicking and just looking at the data, figuring out what was happening, and trying to solve the problem from there. And I try to th- I try to think about that. I was thinking about that in my daily life, you know, because my job is like it's kind of it's a little bit of a high pressure job. It's a lot of stress. It's hard to find people in today's market. I'm looking for like technical people. It's I don't know, I don't fucking know this shit. These people ask me questions when I'm working during the day. They're like, uh, "Can you tell me more about the uh, platform or the like code base that you're?" System is built on. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, I can't. I'm just, a, I'm just a liberal arts dude who likes to talk to people. That's all I do. 
But actually, I was talking to this guy today, and he, I was kind of making fun of myself for not knowing a lot technically. And he's like, yeah, well, you talk to a lot of people every day. Everybody's got their own strengths, and uh, everybody's got their own challenges and, and their job. And you know, you just have a different set of them than, than I do. doesn't make you any better or worse than me or, you, or me than you. And I was like, oh, dude, you're fucking wise. Do you want to come work with me, bro? That's fucking sick. But this is one thing, you know, we talk about like the, you know, the Cold War. I know the Cold War is over, but like the tension that we have with Russia when they're, uh, you know, breaking into our online systems and shit and like spying on us and hacking and all the spyware and blah, blah, blah. That's all bad. I agree. But we have a very good partnership with Russia in space. Um, and this, the guy who's heads up the, I, why do I keep fucking up this guy's title? Who cares? It's the dude I'm talking about. He, who, who works for NASA. He goes, I have complete confidence in the Russians. They are a fantastic partnership with NASA and the entire ISS program. So that's nice. It's nice. When things go bad in life, then what do you do? Do you flip out, Danny? Do you flip out about not finding a new apartment? You flip out about uh, getting stuck in Barcelona? No, you just fucking relax. You think it through and you figure it a fucking out. The other piece of uh, space news I thought was interesting there is a Netflix documentary series called Countdown, Inspiration for Mission to Space. And it's about the first all-civilian mission on a SpaceX Crew Dragon. So the concept behind this uh, documentary, it's pretty cool, actually. They're going to do... They just confirmed that this production is happening. Um, and on the show's Twitter account, they said, we can't wait for you to watch Countdown, Inspiration 4, Mission to Space on Netflix, covering our crew's exciting out-of-this-world journey. Can we just stop saying out-of-this-world journey, guys? Um, so who's going to be on this Inspiration 4? There's a billionaire, obviously, Jared Isaacman, a cancer survivor, Haley Arsenault, who I've talked about, data engineer, Chris Sembrowski. Dude, who doesn't like to party with a data engineer? And he's also a geoscientist, in case you thought there wasn't going to be blow on this ship. There will be blow on the ship. The guy's a geoscientist. And a science communicator and artist, Cian Proctor. Um, blah, blah, blah. Time Studios is, is co-producing this. And it's directed by the same guy that created the Michael Jordan series, The Last Dance. That thing was great. So this will probably also be great. And it's kind of cool because the mission launch is scheduled for September 15th, which is obviously not that far from now. Um, and there's going to be two episodes, one on September 6th and one on September 13th. Then this thing's going to launch. Hopefully it doesn't blow fucking up. Assuming it doesn't blow fucking up, the third app is going to be released like later in September. And then you can see like exactly what happened in space. So that's pretty sick, dude. That's a pretty sick thing. You guys have to admit, even if you don't like me as a person, you have to admit that's pretty fucking sick. You're right, mister. That is sick. I like when people go into space and I like when you come lay between my legs. <laughs> uh, the, in terms of inspirational things, uh, I thought this was kind of fun. I, I've listened to this podcast called The Good Life Podcast with Ron Friedman on it. Ron Friedman is an award-winning social psychologist who specializes in, mo in human motivation. And this Good Life Podcast, I mean, it's definitely like you know, high quality production. The guy who runs it is very smart, but it's seen, it just smacks of being very NPR-y. You know, like he'll ask a guy, he'll ask somebody the guest a question and the guest will answer and he'll be like, he'll pause for a second and he'll go, that makes sense to me. As though like, not not trying to be like boastful, but just like being like academic and like, I'm a thinker. That, that makes sense to me. Like, dude, just fucking talk like a real fucking June. Why can't, dude, why can't this American like this American life and all these fucking fuddy duddy NPR just talk normal, dude? Just talk fucking normal. Stop being a fucking 
Oh, my glasses are up, and I really, I really come to enjoy this conversation. Oh, did you read? Did you listen to Barack Obama and Bruce Springsteen's podcast? I really found some insightful commentary about uh, life and music and po- <laughs> shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Ron Friedman is a social uh, psychologist, and his basic uh, premise: he wrote this book called Decoding Greatness. And he breaks down the counterintuitive strategies that the world's greats use to get great. His basic premise is that you can observe other greats in your field or other fields and learn from what they do to become better at what you do, even though it's different. And the example he gave is that, I guess he's a professor, and he tried to mimic the style of certain other professors that were greats um, and did like one professor for each course. And his students were like, wow, that was so amazing. And he's like, it's not copying. It's just kind of learning and applying their approach to your approach. And then that synthesis can produce a separate level of greatness. I mean, I kind of get that from a stand-up perspective. Like a lot of comics will sit in the room and watch other comedians perform. Um, and then you, I feel like there's this kind of osmosis where you're seeing your friends do their style of comedy and you're learning. You're just taking it in a lot when you're watching them. And it's not like you're mimicking them during your own act, but I think you're just kind of learning from from what they express, how they express their ideas, what their ideas are, uh, how they structure their jokes, how they structure their thoughts. And it's just kind of like in any field, you know, like I'm watching fucking skateboarding in the Olympics right now. Like I'm sure the other, I can see the other skateboarders watching this guy go around this half bike thing. And I'm sure there's little lessons you can pick up from different people's styles. It's kind of cool. You know, I like that kind of shit. Um, anyways, this Ron Friedman, social psychologist on this podcast said, greatness isn't about one standard for everyone to abide by but rather a sensitivity to the elements that you find impactful. Isn't that interesting? It's like, oh, well, you know, Socrates and Plato, they're the greatest philosophers of all time. Great. Well, what? Uh, that wasn't a good metaphor. <laughs> wow. What a genius podcast, Danny. No, but I, I, do, I do like that idea that, you know, if you're going to be the world's greatest skateboarder, if you're Tony Hawk, I'm sure he's got a particular approach based on his certain strengths, but other skateboarders are going to have different elements that they're drawn to. So I, I, I'm just going to leave the comment as it is. I'm not the most fucking articulate person in the world right now. Okay. Just leave me alone. Leave me a fucking alone. Um, the last thing I thought was interesting about that podcast was they were talking about how the Tinder algorithm, uh, is similar to discover weekly on Spotify. If you have Spotify every week on, I think it's on Mondays, they send you a list of like 30 songs, that are specifically geared towards the preferences that you indicate by songs you like and songs you listen to on repeat. But Tinder is kind of the same way. It notices the things that you like. And I don't even know. That's got to be like an insane world in in Tinder. Like Tinder or Bumble or Hinge figuring out patterns, uh, recognizing patterns that you exhibit and the selections that you make that you might not even be aware of. They use that to further hone in on what your taste is and who you're going to be drawn to and attracted to works in both music and dating. Kind of interesting, right? Kind of interesting. Was that an inspirational? I don't fucking know. Um, but dude, I really appreciate you guys listening to the old fucking pod, John. July, that the month we just exited, was the number one month of the Danny Palmer show in the two years that it's been in existence. And, uh, you know, I appreciate that. So I'm grateful for you guys for listening to this shit. Y'all are my fucking Johns, kid. Um, and this month is going to be crazy because I'm going to Barcelona in a week. I'm, I've got at least one app in the books for when I'm there, but the content might be a little bit shorter 
in the next couple of weeks because I'm going to Barcelona and then I'm moving to a new apartment. But don't you worry. Don't you fucking worry. This podcast is very important to me. And I want it uh, to continue unabated and high quality throughout the month of August until Labor Day hits and then everybody fucking parties. Just kidding. The Delta variant will dominate society and we'll all be homebound and masked for at least five to eight years. Just kidding. There's no turning back now, you fucking Jones. Uh, I'm on Danny Palmer. Danny Palmer NYC on Instagram. Uh, Hope you have a great fucking weekend. Enjoy the weekend. Don't forget to send me a birthday present to Barcelona. I would ship that now. Just kidding. Just kidding. When's your birthday? Mine's August 17th. I'm a Leo. What are you? Ooh, Leo's only at this table. That's what I was going to do for my little birthday thing this weekend. Like I put up a sign over a couch that says Leo's only. And then I, that's, that's kind of whack. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Hey, why don't you come to bed with me now, Mr. Leo boy? All right, sweetie. I'll be right over there. I think your impression of me has grown quite tired over the years. <laughs> I haven't been doing this impression of you for a long time. It's been less than like three months. It's been longer than that. You're annoying many of your... <laughs> I can't even do it. Do what? All right. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Space water. Come.